The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello Giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and this is your Friday, March 12th edition of the podcast, coming to you as as we try to wrap up what was what was really a busy busy week for your New York Giants. Some free agency news, some salary cap news, lots of uh, of Giants moves to uh, to clear space uh, on the cap as free agency approaches next week. Uh, also, let's let's start with this though. Wanted to start with uh, with just a quick review of the the media availability uh, of general manager Dave Gettleman and head coach Joe Judge earlier in the week. And my biggest takeaway from the uh, from the availability for for both Giants decision makers was really that the Giants are incredibly committed to fixing this offensive line to getting this offensive line right. Dave Gettleman pretty much reaffirmed his commitment to all of the young offensive linemen, Andrew Thomas, Nick Gates, Shane Lemieux, Matt Pert, guys who uh, who are going to be or should be big parts of the Giants' plans in 2021. And Joe Judge talked a lot about some of the changes to his coaching staff, many of which seem geared to... Uh, geared to to helping these young offensive line linemen to to reach their potential. We talked a lot about the new role for Freddie Kitchens who will move from tight ends coach to senior offensive assistant. Judge said that Kitchens will largely focus a lot of his time on the offensive line with uh you know where he'll help develop those young men and and uh, and see if the Giants can get better play there going forward than they did last season. Also, uh the Giants hired former offensive line coach, longtime Giants offensive line coach Pat Flaherty, who was Tom Coughlin's offensive line coach during the entirety of Coughlin's coaching career with the Giants. 
Flaherty will serve as an advisor, as a consultant, as what Judge called a sounding board for new offensive line coach Rob Sale. Uh, Flaherty will have other responsibilities beyond the offensive line, but it's obvious that that with the attention that Kitchens and Flaherty will give to the offensive line, that that there is you know an incredible commitment of resources to maximizing the potential of these young players that the Giants have committed to. And and that brings me to a, a brief discussion of of new offensive line coach Rob Sale, guy who has never coached at the NFL level. He'll be replacing Dave DeGuglielmo, who uh replaced Mark Colombo in the middle of last season and is not returning this year. We talked a lot to to Judge earlier this week about why Sale was the right fit for this offensive line. And and Judge talked a lot about the Sale's ability to develop young players, his ability to teach young players, his ability to to maximize the the uh, the play of of guys who might not be your blue chip guys your first round draft choices and, and when he was talking about that I was thinking about Shane Lemieux um, so and even and even Matt Parrott who's a, a late third round pick so he believes that Sale is a teacher he believes that he is a motivator he believes that he can develop young players. And the development of that offensive line is going to be absolutely critical to the Giants' future. And it's it's readily apparent that, that they recognize that. It's readily apparent that they're committed to the young players that they have. And that, uh, you know, from a coaching standpoint, that they are pouring as many resources as they can into helping those players develop. And we'll just have to see how all of that works out. Also, you know, let's uh, wanted to talk about the the various salary cap moves that the Giants made this week, the free agency moves, and we have to start with with Leonard Williams, with the fact that the Giants franchise tagged the defensive lineman at a cost of nineteen point three five one million dollars. And listen, if you read Big Blue View, you know that I was against the idea of franchise tagging Williams for a second straight year. Listen, I understand why the Giants did this. They believe that Williams is a core player for their future. He had his best year of his career in 2020, and that's a big part of the equation here. 11 and a half sacks. He was a real impact player for the Giants. You know, but they believe Williams who will be 27 this coming season. They believe in his talent. They believe in the type of person he is. They believe in the flexibility that he brings on the field, being able to move up and down the offensive line and and do a lot of different things for them. They feel strongly that Williams is a core player that they want to have for the next several seasons. That said, I think the Giants, you know, they 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 used the franchise tag as really what is a placeholder. They don't want to have to pay Williams $19.351 million this year, all of which counts on their salary cap, especially with the cap, you know, having gone down to $182.5 million. They want to get Williams' name on a long-term contract. 
As I record this show, they have not yet been able to do that. But I know that is the hope. Get him his name on a long-term contract. Get that cap number down from $19 million and, and change down to maybe 7 or $8 million for, for the 2021 season. Have that commitment and know that they'll have him for the next several years. So we'll we'll hope that they get that done because I know that they don't want to have to pay him, you know, nineteen point three five one million for the twenty twenty one season. That will just make it very very difficult for the Giants to make other free agency moves in an effort to to improve their football team. A couple of other players we need to talk about. Giants released offensive guard Kevin Zeitler, saving $12 million on the salary cap. That's a move that I had written at Big Blue View that I would support, that I would, that I thought was the right thing to do. Listen, it's unfortunate. I wish it hadn't had to happen. Zeitler is a good player. He's a starting caliber player. He's a veteran who is solid, knows what he's doing. And will help whatever football team he happens to land on. He would have helped the New York Giants in 2021. But the reality of it was that you can't pay a guard in this market $12 million in base salary unless he's an all-pro, you know, top two or three kind of guy in the league. And Zeitler, while he's a good player, he simply isn't that. There's a lot of uh, of research that's been done over the cap, I believe it was, did some some research into free agency signings over the last four years or so and found that there is a pretty good chance that if you scout well, if you work the free agent, free agent market, there's a pretty good chance that you should be able to find a starting caliber guard who can who can help your football team for around $2 million a year rather than paying someone like Zeitler $12 million. So hopefully the Giants are able to do that. I don't know if the Giants will uh, will use both Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez as starters, if they'll seek someone in the free agent market to to fill that role you know that, that Zeitler had as the starting right guard. Perhaps they'll go into the draft and do that. But this was a move that the Giants simply had to make so not a surprise, um, unfortunate, as I said, but uh, but I do believe that it was the right move for the Giants to make in this current financial environment. The other bit of news regards left tackle or offensive tackle, I'll say, Nate Solder. I've been assuming pretty much all along that the Giants would basic, would just cut Solder, save the $10 million in salary cap, or or save the $6 million in salary cap, excuse me, take the $10 million cap hit, just move on from from Solder, who had a really bad year for the Giants in 2019, then opted out in 2020. But what it seems like the Giants are going to do, there's a lot of, of reporting, a lot of chatter the last couple of days that the Giants are actually trying to restructure Solder and, and bring him back at a much, much lower cap hit. We'll have to see if that comes to pass. I do, in a way, understand the idea of bringing Solder back because I do understand the idea of having a veteran swing tackle on the roster 
I do actually support that idea. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that the Giants would use Solder in that role. I don't see Solder supplanting either Andrew Thomas at left tackle or Matt Peart at right tackle. I think the Giants are committed at this point to those two young men, but I do see a need on the roster for a veteran swing tackle. I think Joe Judge has a lot of respect for Nate Solder as a player and as a person, you know, having been with him in New England for a number of years. So perhaps I shouldn't really be surprised. My guess is that that keeping Solder is a move that Judge is probably pushing for. So we'll see if it comes to pass. Solder, I think, could be your veteran swing tackle, could perhaps be a mentor of sorts for Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott. And we'll see where all of that goes uh, in the, in the coming days. All right, Giants fans, what I want to do right now is take a short break for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When I come back, I want to play for you an interview that I did with North Carolina State defensive tackle Aleem McNeil, a young man who's probably a day two draft prospect and could fill a hole for your New York Giants should they lose Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. So hang in there, Giants fans. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, Giants fans, as we continue to try to introduce you to as many of the the young men awaiting the 2021 NFL draft, have another opportunity to do that right now. I'm joined now by uh, North Carolina State defensive tackle, Aleem McNeil. Aleem, thank you very, very much for, uh, for coming on. Most definitely. Thank you for having me. Hey, so I'm going to, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to start right away with this. I might as well get it out of the way. Um, have you have you heard from the Giants at all? Have you spoken to the Giants uh, at all during the draft process? I have not. You have no. not? Okay. Mm-hmm. You have not. I, I ask, you know, because the, uh, the Giants have a history of selecting guys. You know, when, when I look at, at, you know, most of the, of the scouting reports and what most people say about you, you know, most people are talking about day two, somewhere around there. And the Giants have a history of 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 drafting 
defensive tackles right around that point in the draft. So uh, just so you know, um, you know, if if the phone rings and it's the Giants, that's a kind of standard operating procedure for the Giants in the draft. (laughs) I got you. All right. So, um, so I just, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I'm always curious what guys think of, of their own scouting reports. You know, mm-hmm. what, you know, I don't know if you, it, I don't know if you spend any time at all, you know, reading what the various draft analysts say, or if you care about any of that stuff. I mean, have you read any of that stuff at all? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure every prospect and everybody, you know, wanting to go to the next level, I've seen stuff on them online or whether they get tagged in it or something like that. But uh, my perspective on it, um, I just read it. If it's good, okay. If it's bad, okay. Um, so I was I was actually thought that I would quickly read you a couple of of blurbs from a couple of the scouting reports that I read and, okay. and just get get your reaction to, uh, you know, to what to what you think, to, to what you uh, to what you think of, of what guys are saying. <laughs> Draft Network says short yardage and early down run stuffer who has potential to develop into an effective pass rush option. Sports Illustrated says best run stuffing ability of any lineman in college football and pro football focus says a run stuffing nose tackle who can consistently collapse pockets against the pass. Um, Look, listening to those three, how accurate do you think that is? I say it's pretty accurate. Um, there are some things that, like, as far as pass rushing and stuff, um, some people don't see the ability in the pass rush that I have. But when I'm reading or listening to that stuff, um, it just makes me work harder, uh, whether it's good news or bad news. I don't really think much of it, to be honest. Um, I just kind of see I'm kind of glad that my name's getting mentioned in the first place. Um, I don't really care what's being said about it, so. There, there you go. I have to ask you, you know, we're talking about the Giants a little bit, uh, and you actually – probably more or less at NC state replaced a guy who's now a giant. And that of course is, is BJ Hill. Um, I just wanted to ask you, do you know BJ at all? Do you have any sort of a relationship with him? Yeah, I do. Um, BJ's really cool dude. Um, hardworking guy here. I used to hear about him and watch him practice and play all the time. Um, I used to take visits to state all the time and, um, yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, Really good guy, so and really good football player as well. You uh, you ever get a chance to talk to him at all, or about the, about the Giants, or about the NFL in in particular? Um, not uh, not really, to be honest. Um, not anything NFL or like Giants wise. Just kind of like casual conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always good conversation and whatnot. Always good vibes and stuff like that. Yeah. So so I'm curious. Let's talk about this whole draft process obviously i think you had a combine invite but obviously there is no combine um is it and you're not really getting to meet face to face with scouts and general managers and you know you're doing a lot of it this way over zoom as like as we're recording this over over a zoom call is it kind of a weird process you know since since none of it's really being done in person um, it is, I wouldn't say it's weird. It's just different than what usually happens, um, like in the past with prospects and stuff, but, um, I'm enjoying every moment of it, whether it's talking face to face, regular phone calls, zoom, 
um, whatever it is, I enjoy every moment of it. And um, I'm just glad I have the opportunity to be able to speak with a lot of coaches, with a lot of different teams, and um, just be in this position. And and when you when you speak to them, what are you telling them about about what they're going to get if they bring you into their locker room? Um, I just tell them all about me. Um, they're going to get a locker room guy, a team oriented guy, who's um who's going to put the work in to do his job correctly, perfect his craft, and um, a guy that wants to win ball games and win Super Bowls. Ultimately, um, that's just me. That's just who I am. I'm not an accolades guy. Um, if I see somebody post something about an accolade, I retweet it and, you know, just go about my day. But um, he's trying to get an impactful guy <clears throat> who's good in the locker room, gets along with his teammates, um, passionate about the game, loves to learn um, and plays hard and will make plays when needed to be and step up when I need to be. This sounds like a nose tackle to me. Uh, I wouldn't categorize it as just a nose tackle. Um, I played nose tackle in college, obviously, but I've also played three tech. I've played shade. I've also played four I and five techs also um, freshman and sophomore year. So I wouldn't say just nose tackle though. I played nose tackle my last two seasons. Yeah. But um, I'm not just a nose tackle. Right. One gap, two gap. You feel like you can do both at, at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This uh, just what I've worked on and um, me using my athletic ability that I've also worked on a ton throughout my whole tenure of playing football. Um, I believe I can play anywhere on the D-line that, that they need me to be at. Okay. I, I have to ask, though. I see the chain around your neck, and I was watching some film. I see the 29 that you're wearing. How does a defensive lineman get the number 29? What, is there a story behind wearing 29? Uh, it's not really a story. So in high school, I used to be 25, and um, 25 got too little. So I had to switch to a different jersey, and I got 29. And um, going to college, my coach just let me keep my number. So that's what's behind 29. Uh, so it's just uh, – so so there's no – there's other than other than a little bit of uh, of high school, sort of there's no real signi- other sig- significance to that then. It's nah. just – it's just – you know, I, I, I cover the NFL, and, and then I watch college games, and I see guys wear numbers that I know they're not going to be allowed to wear in the NFL – like like twenty nine or single digit numbers, you know, guys play in the defensive line with single digit numbers, and it always makes me wonder. So if you get to an NFL locker room and get a chance to uh, to pick a defensive lineman's number, what would you pick? I think I would go at ninety two, um, just because it's twenty nine and ninety two, and um, but ultimately I don't really care about what number I am. Uh, I just want to be able to have the opportunity to play on the, on any organization. So. There, there you go. There you go. Um, I wanted to ask also where you where you've been training at this point. Where you've been uh, where you've been working out. You know, leading up to the draft, leading up to your pro day, and all that. Yeah. So I just got back from Los Angeles about a week ago, uh, or from California, and uh, mm-hmm. I was training at the Sports Academy, what it, which used to be known as the Mamba Academy in Thousand Oaks, California. Um, I, I was out there for eight weeks training for what would have been the combine. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a pro day out there, and then I have one here March 30th. And uh, right now I'm training back in Raleigh. With, uh, I'm at the school with my strength coach, Coach Thunder. Um, I just really trusted Coach Thunder. He got me to where I am today. So then he made out a program or not for me and to be able to use the building and 
get in the work that I need to get done to be able to perform at my best as a pro day. Is there something specific maybe that you that you want to show NFL scouts at the pro day? Is there is there one you know number, whether it's a speed number or a strength number that, that you're that you're looking to try to hit? Um not anything specifically. I want to be able to show them everything. Um my athletic ability, how I'm able to use it, um, how disciplined I was throughout this process of getting my body and my weight right, um, and how much stronger, quicker I look, and how much faster I look. So I really want to show everything. And I, I thought I read somewhere in maybe uh, in one of the, the interviews that you did that uh, that that you've lost a little bit of weight since the end of the season. Is that right? Yeah. Um, since training, I've lost 21 pounds, and I'm about seven percent body fat. I've lost. And, you know, and, and can, can I ask, you know, weight wise around what does that, where does that put you right now? I'm at 319. I weighed at 319 this morning. Nice. Nice. So, uh, so that, so that 320 that they list in your bio wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. I, they just had never updated it, I guess. But um, I played the season last season at 335. Um, I added yeah. a little bit of weight to me because I was solely playing the zero mm-hmm. and uh, just to be able to take on doubles and triple teams. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was good weight though. Nothing was sloppy. It was just right. muscle weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now you want to, you want to be a little quicker. You want to be able to show a little bit more. So, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say a little bit quicker. I feel like the same athlete. I just have less body weight on me. Um, I was the same athlete at 335. I was the same athlete when I came in freshman year at 311. I don't feel any different at uh, any weight. I just added it on for the doubles and triple teams because I'm solely no. playing at zero. I would have to hold gaps more than rather than just shooting them really. Nice. Nice. So I have to ask, I know that you played some running back in high school and, yeah. you know, and, and I know, I don't know, it was a, a pretty healthy number of, of touchdowns that you scored and, and yeah. all of that. So I have to ask, is it more fun would, would, to score touchdowns or to be in those scrums on the other side at the goal line, trying to stop guys. A hundred percent on the goal line. <laughs> Not even <laughs> close. Uh, scoring touchdowns was fun. Um, I, I had like 40 career touchdowns in high school, but none of those equate to um, being at that goal line. It's just mono and mono. You just, you and the O line. And um, we had a ton of goal line stops and I really loved every moment. Um, each one too, but um, definitely the scrums and the goal line is a lot more fun than scoring touchdowns. Nice. I have to ask, I was watching, I was watching, you know, some of uh, some of the, the, the game film, some of the stuff from you and I'm, I'm watching and, and over and over I'm watching the ball gets snapped and you come up and hit that center. And I watched the center go backwards. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like to just, to just hit a guy and just, push him backwards and know there's nothing he's do, he's going to be able to do about it. Yeah. Um, it feels great because I, that's the work that I put in um, the countless hours in the weight room and working on that strike and creating knockback on the O-line. That's what I, I work on that every day at practice and I work it on, work on that on my own. So um, it's a great feeling, but um, till like when I realize it, like after the game or not, but while I'm playing, I really don't realize it. I just get off the ball and strike and, I'm trying to mm-hmm. destroy people every play. Mm-hmm. 
any uh, when, when you push somebody back like that, any any trash talk? You have you have anything to oh, say no. to anybody? No, no, I don't. I don't trash talk at all. At all, it's not in my nature to trash talk. Really, I just, I just, I like getting off and definitely putting my hands on people. But like, I don't trash talk at all. Yeah, I, I as a, as an older guy, I guess I appreciate that. Just, uh, just, just do your work and let it speak for itself. I, I, yeah. I kind of appreciate that. That's exactly what it is. So, um, I also know that you're into music a little bit, that you create some of your own music and, and, and I know you played some baseball in high school, so I don't really want to get into the whole music topic, but what I want to ask you is this baseball players, when they hit baseball players, get walk-up music. Mm -hmm. If you could have walk-up music as a football player, if you could have walk-up music, what would it be? And I'm going to guess that, you know, I'm a lot older than you are. I'm going to guess I have absolutely no idea what song you're about to name. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I would choose one of my songs. Um, it was a song called Different Breed, where I just express in the song how I'm a different breed and um, the work I've put in and how I think I'm a lot different than a lot of um, athletes. So I choose my song. And, you know, I'm curious what you mean by that, by different breed, by, you know, by different than, than some other athletes. I'm curious if, if you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah. And um, to, to start it off, there's obviously no disrespect to any other athlete out there working. Um, there's a lot of guys that work really hard, but I feel like as if I work uh, two times as hard as anybody else out there um, and things that I'm able to do on the field, I feel like I'm a lot different than a lot of athletes out there. <clears throat> that's pretty much it. I just feel like I'm a different guy, different beast on the field when I'm playing. Is that more just just the work that you put in to, to get to this point or mm -hmm. just how, how badly you, you want to succeed? Both. And it's, it's just my mindset when I'm playing football. Um, you got to have like a killer mindset when you play. You can't really be laid back on the field and try to, you know, chill and get through that play. Like, you know, you really got to put your hands on somebody and you can legally do it on the field. And um, if you, that's all I needed to hear, that I can put my hands on somebody and legally do it. Um, I'm really trying to, like, really not choke people out, but, like, put my hands, like, on their necks almost. And uh, I'm, I'm just trying to destroy people on the field. That's my mindset. It's the work that I put in. That's just how I'm thinking on the field. And and you think that – work ethic will help you, you know, in the NFL. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some guys come along, some really talented guys who really, mm -hmm. maybe it was, I don't know if I want to say easy for them, but, you know, going through college, but, but maybe they had an expectation that, that a new, they were going to be able to conquer a new level just as easily as they did the college level or the high school mm -hmm. level. Do you think maybe that, that, that work ethic is is going to help you in the NFL? Yeah, a hundred percent. You can't ever get complacent. I mean, you're, I'm just not getting started um, in a new journey. And this is the National Football League. These guys are the best of the best. It's all American All Star game every game every Sunday. Um, these guys are the best of the best. So I got to work twenty times as hard as um, than I ever have before. And I've always worked hard my whole life. But um, you got to work on a different level this time because you're. You're competing against the best of the best, and there's no no time to get complacent. 
So I want to ask you, I was look, I, I told you earlier, I was watching a little bit of film and I'm going to guess that your favorite college play was the pick six against Virginia. I'm going to, I'm going to guess. So I just, I just want you to tell me what happened on that play. Just describe what happened. Um, so I'm, I was in a rush, a three-man rush, and I was in triple team. Um, I tried to – I think I first started out and I tried to stunt towards the guard, but the guard came down, then the center came down. And then I tried to go back cross face, then the other guard came down with the center. And uh, so I'm just basically holding it there, uh, make sure the quarterback doesn't step up in the pocket. And then I see him um, – he sort of backpedal to his right or to my right, seeing him um, – could see his eyes. He was looking through that B gap, so I just went and got my hands up because um, I usually have really good reaction time instincts for that. So I went and put my hands up, got it up, seen the ball in the air, and then right there I was playing backyard football. Went and got the ball, caught it, tucked it, and I was playing running back at that point. So I was <laughs> got loose and seen grass. And um, I feel like when I got the ball in my hands, I don't feel like I can be stopped. So um, I was just running straight for Pater. I was straight for the touchdown. There you go. What was it? 20, like 20 yards or so, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. 18 and a 20, one of those two. Look at that. Look at that. He's got the, he's got the exact yardage down. There you go. <laughs> of course. Is there i I'm just curious. Is there another play that you can remember that, uh, you know, that you might like even better than that one? Um, yeah, it was a goal line stop versus Pittsburgh. Um, and that's more because of like a team effort. I really liked how we bowed up right there. Um, and what didn't allow them to score. They got to the goal line about four, three or four times when we stopped them each time. Um, so each one of those, I say, was my, like, favorite couple of plays. And uh, I like that because, I just like I said earlier, I like the grittiness down there. It's mano and mano. You can't – I'm not – we're not trying to let you in the end zone. So I'm striking, getting off the ball. And uh, we made a stop. It was a big team play. We were all geeked about it. So I, I said that would be one of my other favorite plays. Cool. Cool. So here's a simple one for you. Love to win or hate to lose? Which one? Absolutely hate to lose. I, I absolutely hate losing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm playing video game or if I'm playing pickup basketball, if I'm playing horse, I cannot stand <laughs> losing. I will always run it back. Whatever I'm doing, we'll run it back. And that's the thing about football. You don't really run it back. You get that one opportunity. Well, in college, at least you don't play nobody twice. Um, you, you don't get a other, another opportunity, so you got to get it while you're there. And I absolutely hate losing. I cannot stand it. There you go. Favorite uh, favorite NFL team growing up? Uh, so, yeah, growing up. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a favorite team, honestly. Uh, I just had players that I like. Adrian Peterson, which is why I used to wear 28 when I was younger. Adrian Peterson was my favorite back. Um, and Cam Newton, overall, is my favorite player. Uh, so I just really have, like, kind of rooted for whoever he played for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely my favorite player. So whoever he really plays for, kind of who I root for. And, you know, and, and I'm just curious, you know, defensive linemen, maybe guys playing right now, you know, defensive linemen who who you who you really like, who you really try to take things from. Yeah, there's actually a couple. Um, actually, two of my good, like, two friends that are on the Giants. I like watching their film a ton, Dexter and BJ. Um, I, I watch their film a lot, and I try to emulate my game after them because uh, I like I like how they both play, their demeanor on the field, um, and how they carry themselves. But overall, I have to say, Fletcher Cox. 
Um, I watch a ton of AD film. I like watching his finesse. He's really good in the run, too. But like, I like watching his feet and stuff. But Fletcher Cox is who I really try to emulate my game after. The way he gets off the ball and puts his hands on people and is throwing grown men out the way, um, getting pressure on the quarterback, sacks, just a game changer, how he impacts the game and <clears throat> what he does off the field and on the field. And I've never heard anything about him. He's, he seems like a good locker room guy. It's just everything he does, I want to emulate. So you mentioned, you know, before you talked about Fletcher, you, you mentioned um, Dexter Lawrence and you mentioned, of course, B.J. Hill. Have you thought, at all, maybe about how much fun it might be to line up next to those two guys. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Um, I think that would be a ton of fun. Um, I really do. I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about that. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like we could be destructive together and um, being able to sack the quarterback, play the run really well. Um, I think it'd be really a cool deal. And I'm just, I'm just curious. How do you know Dexter? Um, so I used to play with his younger brother, Devin Lawrence, and um, Dexter used to always be our all our practices. And I played against Dex in high school as well. Um, so I pretty much know him because he was in our he's in the Raleigh area, then moved to Wake Forest, um, North okay. Carolina. So that's how I know him. I played with his brother, but he was always around. Okay, yeah. So you've got a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a Giants defensive line connection there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey. Aleem, I really, really appreciate your uh, your spending uh, a few minutes with me. Um, you know, best of luck to you in the draft, and hopefully, if uh, if the Giants call your name uh, in the draft here in a few weeks, hopefully, we'll get to talk to you uh, to you in person this summer. Yeah, I'd be stoked. I'd be stoked to be a Giant. All right, thanks again, and and take care. Thank you. You too. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. We hope you enjoyed the the interview with Ali McNeil, defensive tackle from North Carolina State. Uh, we will be back next week with lots of, of free agency talk as uh, as free agency begins on the 17th. So just a few days away before we, uh, we see where all of the the free agents begin to sign and and whether your New York Giants are going to be able to do anything. All right, Giants fans, as always, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.